don't think about money. I'm like, think about what you enjoy doing, what your passions are, and follow that. Like, you know, if you're if you're passionate about something, financial stuff will sort of follow along, like because people will notice, like you know, because you're going to be better at it if you're passionate about it. This is Kishara, and you're listening to Season 2 of the Undiscovered Worth Podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Bob Perino, the creative director of Southern Living Magazine, and we discuss his approach to balancing work and his personal life, metrics of success, among other things. Um, I don't usually talk about my work life at Time, Inc., but one of the things that I loved the most about working there was the opportunity to meet and learn from so many amazing creatives. Um, I'm really excited to be able to give you all just really just a glimpse of the kinds of conversations I was able to have with people there. I hope you enjoy. First question, in your personal life and as a creative director, how do you balance change with consistency? You know, um, that was one of your questions that you'd written down earlier and I was thinking about that. And uh, my, my career has sort of had two different sides. When I first started, it was kind of very consistent. Like, it wasn't about sort of job security. Like, the jobs were there, and it was thriving. And um, the uh, inconsistent part came from myself, where I was sort of jumping around from job to job a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was just the way that I sort of moved up and got promotions and pay raises and you know you're sort of it was always sort of you weren't appreciated at the place you were you were always appreciated at the place you weren't kind of thing Mm -hmm. so you got sort of compensated for that um so I ended up sort of jumping around really early on and, and then you know I sort of landed at at Men's Journal, where I, where I was probably there, sort of for a while, and and I liked the magazine. I, you know, the staff was fun, um, but I wouldn't say I had a good sort of work life balance either. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked a lot, and uh, I mean, I still do, um, but I would I would bring my kids to school, drop them off, and go to work. So I'd I'd get in the office probably around around nine o'clock maybe nine thirty, um and then I'd be there until two or three in the morning and then you do it all over again and then I would do it all over again like breakfast was my time with my family and it was like I didn't see them you know the rest of the time um <laughs> and so you know now moving down here you know that was up in New York so moving down here When I sort of leave work, I know what time I'm going to get home in New York. It was always a train schedule and mm-hmm. stuff and, and, and whatever. Um, but I think... So so I have a more balanced outside of work life now. But the industry has changed so much that, you know, now it's more like, well, what's going to happen tomorrow? Like, you know, in yeah. the way that sort of companies are going now, you know, it's always sort of like how much more can you do with how much less kind of thing so yeah. um 
so that that sort of work band, like I still work a lot I just I come in earlier now like I get in here around 7 or 7.30 and you know instead of you know leaving at say 11 or 12 at night like I leave at 7 or 8 and so I'm still working probably the same amount of hours they've just sort of shifted up and, yeah. and uh, but my kids are older and you know I get home and they're still awake and my wife's up and you know it's not me just sort of coming in and chowing down a plate of food and going to bed and everybody's already asleep kind of thing um, but the you know so that balance it's hard it, it um, you know and, and I see it a lot with people like you know they want they want families and things and it's kind of like I'm all for trying to help but there it's really hard to sort of do both and be good at both kind of thing. Like you can do yeah. both, but some, one of them is going to sort of like do do better than the other. And, you know, so yeah. it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard with that sort of balance. Do you think that like working so much at the beginning was kind of like, like paying dues in a way? Um, <clears throat> and now you just have like, with your position, like the flexibility or the privilege of being able to come in early and still leave and spend time with your family? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I always, always wanted to sort of rise up. And so I always worked hard. I always wanted it to be great. So I was always working hard. Like, um, you know, I still, I still do that. I think I've learned a lot. Like I can, I can do a lot faster than I could when I first started. Like mm -hmm. I just have more knowledge and I know sort of things that are gonna work or you know where to put my energy better. Um, but I think my want my want for greatness or 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 um, to be the best or have the best work. Like that's what really drove me and still drives me. Like I still want it to be the best that it can be. And, and you know, I struggle cutting corners. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, you know, they, you sort of have to cut corners sometimes, but I struggle with it because I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, it needs to be better. It needs to be better. And, you know, yeah. and that was like even when I was in art school or, you know, like in college, like you put your projects up on the wall. I always wanted mine to be the best. I wanted mine to stand out in the class. Didn't I didn't care what class it was. Like I just wanted it to be the best. And and you know, and I always liked when there was somebody in my class that was probably better than me because they really pushed. I was like I have to be better than that person. I have to be better. And you know, I wasn't always better by any means, you know, but it was pushing me to try harder and be better. So, you know. I think that's what drove me in the beginning and and still drives me today that I just want it to be as good as possible and, you know, I want it to be the best. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Well, still keeping with the balance between like change and consistency um, and tra tradition, like with Southern Living, it's such an iconic brand. So as a creative director, like how do you balance like pushing, but also kind of staying within tradition? Um, well, you have to pick your moments. It can't be like, we're just going to change the issue. We're going to do... You know, we're going to be Martha Stewart. Like, you know, our, our readers just don't want that. Like, you know, that's way too graphic. It's, you know, it's it's just not, you know, what our readers want. But that's not to say that we can't do a story here and there that's sort of like that and, and sort of slowly sort of 
you know, change what they look at and, and sort of introduce them to sort of new things. I, you know, I'm like, we always joke around here and say, you know, nobody's going to cancel their subscription because we shot a tight photograph of, of a slice of apple pie or, or, you know, like something real graphic, like, you know, um, because we have all the other stuff that they're used to and, and you know, that they enjoy. And, and we're not going to get rid of that, but, you know, we we just sort of slip in a an extra little thing here and there to expose them to something different. And so that way, you know, when we do it again, it's like, oh, well, that's not, I've seen that before. Like, that's Southern Living. Like, all yeah. of a sudden, it sort of registers as the brand. When I think of Southern Living, the magazine, I think of it as, like, mostly for, like, older, like, white women. So... But I'm always thinking, like, in my own life, like, 50 years ahead, you know. So, like, with the demographic changing, how do y'all, have y'all thought about or have you considered how y'all would, in general, like, whether alter the content or shift the content to where it's more, I guess, welcoming for all? Yeah, I mean, we talk about that a lot, especially, you know, more recently, Um As, as the creative director, like I'm aware, like when I'm looking for models, like we always sort of try to have a, a balance of people. Um, part of the struggle is that some of the people that we photograph mm-hmm. are, are sort of handed over. They're sort of interior designers or bloggers, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not choosing those people, um, you know. But the editors are aware of that, and they're supposed to be sort of paying more attention to try to get a more diverse, um, you know, representation of the world within the pages of the magazine, Um, you know, and it's not going to be a switch that sort of flips overnight, you know, kind of thing, but um, we are making an effort, and, and, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's not just with Southern Living, I think it's with all the brands yeah you know in all the media and you know um and it's not one demographic it's a whole bunch like i, I mean you know it's and it's kind of like you know and and it's body sizes and hair colors and i mean you know skin tones it's it's across the board it's like you know mm-hmm. like there's a whole diverse world out there and you know we can't just take one little slice like we want to sort of show the whole sort of south and, yeah and you know a lot of brands they you know you have to sort of represent the world and you know kind of thing so yeah i think with media i'm really interested in the idea that it's like a relationship you know like you create content that you know that the readers are going to want to read but then there's also and then they push you know you and you create content based off of that but then like the idea of using media as a way of like challenging people to like take that next little step yeah you know yeah I'm always really interested in that relationship between media and like the actual people who consume it yeah and and you know I mean I think we all you know live in our worlds and and we sort of see what we see and we interact with who we interact like you know and it's like sometimes you're not even thinking it's not even like it's not even a conscious choice like you're just sort of doing things yeah you know you it's it's not like Oh, that one and that one. It's it's kind of just like oh, just let's move on, you know, kind of thing. And you just sort of it, it just comes together a certain way. And then afterwards, you look back and you're just like, wait, why did we do that? Like, why didn't we, you know, do this different or that different, and you know, include this person instead of that person or yeah. whatever, you know, kind of thing. It's like um, we're all running at 100 miles an hour, so sometimes it 
you know, it just sort of falls to the wayside in, in, a, in a bad way, probably, but I don't think it's a, a con- it's not a conscious decision for yeah. the most part. It's, you know, it just is the way that it is. And, yeah. and you know, I mean, we're aware of it and we're trying, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which I always, like, really appreciate. I have, like, lots of conversations with friends. You know, I think, like, in this day and age with, like, how politics are, like, people are very quick to, like, cut you off if you don't agree or if they don't agree with you or you cut them off. Like, that's the easy thing to do. But I have lots of friends that I have conversations with who have very different political opinions. And so I always am curious because I know those people take those ideas and take them with them to work and and it just, like, really is the fabric of society. Um, So I'm always curious to have that kind of conversation with people about, like, how if they do question and ask, you know, why I've always thought that way, is there another way to think about things? Right. And, yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting, though. I'm really excited for Southern Living. I think the magazine is really beautiful. Thanks. I think that sometimes I read it and I'm like, there. some of this stuff is like, at, first of all, I don't cook that often. So it's like a whole nother level of adulthood to like know how to <laughs> roast something, you know, like I don't know. What the, and roasting's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. That's just sort of stick it in the oven and you know, time it. Yeah, my husband does all that. So. <laughs> Which I think he's getting tired of it. And I always say, like, I'll bring food from home. I'll bring there you food go. from home. Yeah. Um, so how has your definition of success evolved? Um, hmm. Or has it? Well, a little bit. I think when I... When I was younger, I thought, you know, it was real important to sort of win awards. Mm -hmm. Um, And as my career progressed, I I think I realized, you know, awards are fun, but they don't mean anything and they don't define anything. Like, so... They're still fun to they're st- they're still fun to win, and I still enter things and and you know sort of hope for the best. But you know, I get more. I I feel prouder probably if I can say that my magazine is doing really well, and and it's things that you know maybe I don't even particularly sort of control. Like if we're making a lot of money with ad revenue, like mm. I feel good about that. Um, if we are selling well on the newsstand, I feel good about that. If we are up in subscriptions or if people are renewing at a at a high rate, I feel good about that. Like like those things, you know, are the things that I brag about probably to people. Mm-hmm. Not not awards or, you know, or any of that stuff anymore. And, you know, when I was younger, I thought it was all about that, you know, the awards. Like, I could have cared less about all the other stuff. But, yeah. And as I, you know, worked longer and longer, like, it, it sort of shifted. And, and now it, it's really it's really sort of magazine-focused. And, you know, awards are fun. Awards are great. But awards, in the end, aren't doing anything for me. Whereas, if my magazine's doing well, like, then I'm doing well, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Like, you know and it means I'm doing something right, you know, and and I might not be breaking ground creatively with design, 
but that's not what my audience wants like because obviously I'm doing well and mm -hmm. whatever I'm doing is what they want and what they yeah. enjoy you know so well so if you took away southern living and ad sales like how would you define success that way because uh, I feel yeah. like from for me when I think about success like I used to think that it was like in the work that I did and so now I'm in this place where I'm like okay like if if something happened and everything came crashing down and I didn't have a job anymore like I feel like I couldn't necessarily say that I'm not successful so I'm in this place now where I'm like trying to figure out like how do I determine success in a way that's not like attaching it to to your work yeah yeah I don't know that's tough like <laughs> I'm a I'm a bit of a workaholic so my yeah. life is very much you know a lot of work and a lot of work based um you know I do have a wife and kids and so if I wasn't working if I take work out of it how do I define myself as successful um I guess, well, if, if I think about it, like I'd like to sort of, you know, have my kids feel like they are loved and supported and eventually realize that all the hard decisions that they think I'm making and how I'm ruining their lives, like are <laughs> me trying to do my best to help them in life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially my, my kids are, are, you know, teenagers, you know, and the oldest is, is getting close to 20. So um, they're, they're in that tough period. They're, they're sort of trying to, you know, become adults and and you know they're making mistakes mm -hmm. um and they think that you know i'm overreacting and and um you know and maybe it is a little overreacting but i'm, I'm really not sort of reacting to things necessarily that they're doing now i'm reacting to where that can sort of take them down the line. I'm trying yeah. to sort of cut it off to save them heartache, pain, whatever, down the line. Yeah. Um, they don't see that, you know. They're more like, you know, you're making a big deal out of nothing. And so um, so I, I, I think, you know, for success, if one day they realize that, mm -hmm. I'll be successful in parenting <laughs> because you know there's no book for parenting and there's you know, not there's not and I mean it's tough uh, and and uh, you know just trying to you, everybody's trying to figure it out as they go and and you know um, you think you, you you know something when you're young and then when it happens it's completely different and you're just like wait what I thought I knew that <laughs> or had that covered you know kind of yeah. thing and um, so, you know, as parents, uh, you know, we make mistakes also, and we just sort of got to keep moving on from that. So hopefully my kids will realize that. And I have a good partner in my wife and, you know, so for the most part, we agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think for me, I've landed on 
understanding my my definition of success is in like maybe legacy like the number of people I impact because that way there's nothing that can be taken away and I feel like as long as I'm striving for like to do good and follow the kind of direction of like joy and peace I feel like I can't really go wrong but then it goes back to what you said like when you're young you have this that you think that you know but who knows like 20 years from now it may be I may be like what yeah you know hopefully the whole joy and peace aspect is correct but and even then I'm so I'm always like thinking I'm like even then if I didn't impact anyone you know or if I did harm to someone or a group of people without realizing it I don't know. It's always a balance. I've, I'm always interested in asking people what their definition of success is, mm-hmm. though. It, it's hard. And, and, you know, I mean, like, you know, even if you think about the legacy and the, and the affecting, like, you know, after so many years, like, people just forget. Like, you're just, you know, you're not even a thought. Like, you know, yeah. it's just the way that it goes. Like, you know, um, so, like, what's the le- le- the legacy is, like, a generation, two generations, three generations, but eventually it just sort of fades. And, you know, I mean, there are very few people, I think that, you know, you look back and and think, you know, from, from hundreds of years ago, like who's the person, like somebody made a difference in somebody's life and so on and so on, but who that person is, or, you know, it's just lost. Like, you know, and I'm not even talking about sort of like big, you know, people, or I'm just talking about, you know, like, family lineage like how many generations can you go back and remember like people just stop talking about other people that affected them and eventually yeah. it just fades and they're gone like I mean you know I mean they're there but I mean you know in name but yeah it gives me more to think about then yeah I think it's probably always going to be evolving then like how did case. your great 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 grandmother affect your life like you probably don't know you know no idea. kind of thing you know? yeah because somewhere that story stopped getting told and you know yeah that's true yeah (laughs) um when do you feel most in tune with your work and your life and your life purpose uh i feel well with work I like to be busy with my life. I like to be occupied. (laughs) (laughs) So I I like to have things to do. Yeah. um, But I I like to be able to sort of choose them outside of work. And, and, you know, I I don't, I don't mind working outside of work, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's like to me, mowing the lawn is not a chore. Like I enjoy doing that or gardening is not a chore. I enjoy doing that, you know, so I like to sort of be doing that stuff outside and at work, like I like to be busy, like I, I, I don't like sort of idle time and, um, but most in tune, like I like when it's quiet in the office um, and I, and I sort of get working on, on something and then I lose track of time and, and mm-hmm. it was like that, you know, when I was in in art school like I would be up all night and not realize what time it was I'd be painting or drawing or doing something and and I would just lose track of time um doing it and and 
it still happens when I'm designing on the computer. It happens less often because I have less time mm-hmm. to sort of do that. But um, yeah, that's like, you know, where I, all of a sudden I look up and it's like one in the morning. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but there's, some, there's something to sort of losing time and, you know, kind of relaxes me and I'm enjoying myself and um, it's creative and, yeah, you know. I feel like that's a real, like, privilege to be able to, like, do the work you love and get paid for it. Because oftentimes the things you love you don't yeah. really get paid from. Well, yeah, and, I, and, you know, and I tell that to people all the time. Like, I, I consider myself very lucky because, you know, I have a job that I don't dread going to every day. You and know, so many people do. I mean, I granted, I have good days and bad days. Yeah. And, you know, but, you know... I have that with my wife and my family also like you know like it's like you're not going to just have sort of it's not just going to always be great you know mm-hmm. um but when I drive up to the office in the morning I'm not sort of walking in going oh, god I got to <laughs> go here again you know I'm like my mind's going I'm like oh, I have to get this done like I'm I'm awake I'm happy I'm you know I'm I'm happy to show up like you know it's a, it's a good experience and and I've always considered myself lucky to have that um and i've passed that on to my kids my daughter um my oldest daughter is in college now and you know she was undecided what she wanted to do you know she always said i'm gonna be a a dentist and uh and i said well a dentist i'm like why she goes they make a lot of money Mm. and so i would always tell them i'm like i'm like don't think about money i'm like think about what you enjoy doing what your passions are and follow that like you know if you're if you're passionate about something financial stuff will sort of follow along like because people will notice like you know because you're going to be better at it if you're passionate about it um and so you know at the nth hour she's she's like uh you know she's like (laughs) i I think i want to do graphic design <laughs> she was like afraid to tell me and I was just like I was like no that's not what I meant I didn't mean do graphic you know but you know so that's what she's studying now I'm like but you know ever since she was a little girl like she loved fonts like you know she'd be you know six or seven on the computer and she's supposed to be typing a paper instead she's playing she's like which font looks best oh and my you know my, for hours she would sit there and and you know and you know she loves doing calligraphy and and stuff and you know I was like I should have seen it coming but yeah <laughs> you know that's really funny though because I had a conversation with a friend yesterday and I was telling her that like um I feel like the interest that we have as kids like that's that's usually what we end up going back to when we're really honest yeah. you know because like when I was a kid I remember the first computer we ever got was a Dell computer and we still had dial-up and I would do the same thing. I would go on Microsoft Word and I would like look at all the fonts and then I would in school like look at all the kids papers and like see how they wrote their letters. And then I even made one time I made my own little magazine and I like printed off the pages and like <laughs> stapled them, you know, and that was like the first time I learned about copyright infringement because my mom's like a teacher. And so she was like, oh, did you make these up yourself? And I was like, no, she's like, that's called copyright infringement, you know, like, so it's like you do. I feel like we always have these interests as kids. That's funny. And I we, never, we, it's I, like we lose them or something. I, I never thought about that. But if I, if I think of my 
childhood, like things that I remember. Like I remember in school, like looking at how neat somebody wrote their name or their like, and and like wanting to like write it like that. Like yeah. also like, um, and I remember my my it was my great grandmother. Like whenever I would you know visit her or stay with her, like she was always she was creative and and she had drawing books and like that's what we we sit at the table and i'd like follow the step by step on like how to draw the cat (laughs) or whatever um so yeah like you know if i if i think back like those are sort of probably some of the earlier memories that i can can think of like it has to do with art and type and you know like yeah that's very strange i've never thought of that and my husband he's Um, like in marketing and business and like his family is from Trinidad so he's like first generation American but like I was asking him like oh what did you like were you interested in as a kid and he was like really it always had to do with money he's like I remember I asked my mom for like ten dollars so I could invest in some candy (laughs) and I had this candy business and da 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 and he was like and I, I remember like I used to always buy my own my own toys so my mom said she wouldn't and so I just knew that if I sold things for more than I paid for them then I could get things like so like it's like you just know yeah, as a kid so funny. I'm always now I'm thinking about like I don't have kids now but follow like re, like really being conscious of what they're interested in and like how oh, think, different people's lives could have been I think I think now we're in this place of like follow your passions and money will follow but like when I was growing up, my mom was like, "Oh, you like art? That's great, but like you need to go into like engineering or something that's right. more respectable, you know?" Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, I have I have a lot of neighbors that d- did the same. Like you know, like a couple of my neighbors, like one one is a nurse and one is a lawyer, and both of them said, "Oh, you're a graphic designer. I want to be a graphic designer." Like their parents wouldn't let them. They were like, "Oh, yeah. that that's fun, but." You need to be, you know, something that's going to make money. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. And 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 uh, the, the the lawyer like doesn't practice. She's quit law, <laughs> law being a lawyer. Now she's an interior designer. Like you know, so it's like, you know, could have saved yourself a lot of money, expense, oh, yeah. and, and a lot of headache, time, and you know, been further along. You know, yeah. if you just gone with what you wanted. Um, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask my kids. You know, like what do they sort of remember like and see. How how that sort of like my my son is a, a senior in high school this year, so he's going off to college, and uh, he wants to go for engineering, and and so I'll, I want to see if that sort of correlates. Yeah. Or if it doesn't, maybe I'll just be like, hey, did you ever think about? It? Yeah. <laughs> maybe I could steer him somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times though, people have just like done things out of fear. You know? Yeah. Like, my mom went... So, I originally was a neuroscience major because I was supposed to be, like, a doctor and, like, do social good. And that's the thing you do when you want to do social good because you can't make money from, like, non-profit work. Um, And I remember when I told her, I was like, Mom, like, I'm skipping class in chemistry and biology and I always want to drive over to the art museum and learn... Like, I study way more for art history than I do for anything else. I was like, I think I might change a major. She literally was like, don't do it. Don't. Are you sure? Don't. Are you sure? And, but, like, she also, you know, she was a teacher for, like, years, and she hated it. Oh, really? Like, she loves teaching, but just not in the school system. And so, now she does, like, hair. Oh. And it, when she talks about, like, her childhood and stuff... 
she always talks about how she was really interested in like hair and and beauty stuff and and so <laughs> and I asked her like well why did you like why did you decide not to do that and she was like I don't know I guess I was just scared yeah. so I think fear is a is a really big driver oh fear is definitely a big driver (laughs) (laughs) yeah it still drives me i don't want to fail i have a fear of failing (laughs) well that's a good kind of fear yeah some people have a fear of failing and they just don't even try it's like debilitating so yeah yeah um my last question so this is something i've been thinking about over the last few months um so when you started out did you ever feel like guilt or embarrassment from success Mm. i'm asking because whenever i get recognized for things like i was asked to talk at like west elm a few months ago and stuff like that like or if any time i do something people say it was like really great like i always feel like embarrassment by it because and i think it might i like started doing like some research and i think it's because like i don't want i care so much about other people i don't want to hurt their feelings by them not yeah, I don't. I I don't know if I ever had embarrassment, but I do consider myself kind of modest. Like I don't go around, you know. Like when people ask me what I do, I just say I'm a graphic designer. Like I don't tell them exactly where I work or mm. what I do. Like you know, um, I mean, if they ask more questions, I'd probably end up telling them. But yeah, you know, it's not like I try to sort of throw it out there and, yeah. and sort of flaunt. And and it's not because I'm embarrassed or by it I just you know I, I don't know I, I it's just sort of more modesty you know kind yeah. of thing like I, I always have a hard time sort of talking to myself like I, I'll listen to you know celebrities on the radio or and like or interviews and I'm like how do they talk so much and like you know they always have something to say or you know they always have a story or, or whatever and I'm like you know people ask me like oh well you know how you doing or what are you doing and like I, I I sort of struggle to sort of explain what I do or how I do it and you know it's and so I, I guess I just choose sort of not to to talk about it yeah. as much as as possible you know kind of thing and, and and sort of downplay it but I don't I don't think it's a an embarrassment I, I don't I, at least I don't feel that way yeah know, kind of thing of of anything that I've done or, or where I work or anything like that or um that's probably a weird question it's it's I think it's just more of I'm not very comfortable talking about myself Mm -hmm. um I'm not sure why but just the way I am I guess Um, yeah you know I think I've got to figure out some kind of balance like there's got to be a balance because I don't like I remember in the fourth grade (laughs) um we were doing like multiplication tables and like whoever finished the fastest blah 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 and so I finished the fastest and I was so excited and I was like yeah I did it like and I remember my teacher came up to me and she was like Kashara you really need to be more modest like it's not good to celebrate like that like you have to and that literally I thought about that like yesterday because I was looking all this up and I realized like her doing that and it's so crazy we like hold on to things like I shouldn't care about what my fourth grade teacher said but that stuck with me so long that like I felt really bad I was like oh man what if other people felt bad because they didn't do as well and so I think that kind of sticks with me but I feel like there's got to be some kind of balance because I feel like I'm on this side of like 
I don't want anyone to ever find out about anything I did. Like, I get excited about things that happen, and then I just, like, downplay it. Right. But I also don't want to be on the other end of, well, like... Well, how could the teacher say that also? If she's the one that said, we want to see who can do it fastest, or, right? I mean... Right. Like, we're going to... I'm putting together this competition, but... <laughs> but don't know, get too excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you win, don't get excited. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I just remember... Well, don't make it a competition then. <laughs> yeah, I just remember looking around, and people were just, like, like pissed. And I was just like, okay, don't... Mm. Um, yeah, so I've started asking that question. And yesterday, or the other day, I went to the art museum. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite artists, Hank Willis Thomas, was there giving um, a talk about his work. I, like, totally fangirled. Um, but I asked him that question. And so I've, I have asked him, like, do you ever feel guilt about, like, success, like, when you first started out? And he said yes. And he said, because for me specifically it's almost like a sadness attached with it because i know that people before me didn't have the opportunities Mm -hmm. and even people i went to school with didn't have those opportunities and so i'm trying like he helped me reframe it in the sense of like well all those things happen like all those people did so many things to like bring you to this place that you have to think moving forward not looking back at those Uh you know so I've reframed it that way. But I always ask, you know. I mean, I think you and me, like, we're com- first of all, we're completely different based off of age right off the bat. But also, like, you grew up up north, and then I definitely didn't. And so those are – so I'm always, I think that's probably going to be my next question I ask people. Like, do you feel any associate – like, any negative association to success? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be more like you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, but I also don't feel braggart about it. And, and, you know, like, some there are some people, it's all about them and, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. And, you know, I'm much more, I feel much more comfortable sort of giving praise to other people than taking praise myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's kind of like, you know, I feel I feel more comfortable behind a camera than in front of a camera. You know, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is for the last question. Yeah. Um, what brings you joy? What brings me joy? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's a lot of things that bring me joy. Um, seeing my kids do well brings me joy. Um, you know, seeing my wife smile brings me joy seeing a pretty sky or the leaves turn green like all that stuff brings me joy um you know i, I don't know it's hard, it's hard to say sort of like one thing like i don't think there's one thing mm-hmm. i think it's you know little little moments that you sort of probably take for granted but sort of make you peaceful at heart maybe you know like I love I love sort of you know standing on the beach just looking at the at the water when the sun comes up you know as I'm fishing you know kind of thing like so relaxing like you know clear head like you're just sort of you know taking it all in and yeah. you know and you feel lucky at, at the moment you know and then you forget about them and then you know you're back <laughs> to headaches and and things and, yeah you know and then you know the next thing will come along like you know it's just the bluest sky you'll ever remember and you know kind of thing like you 
just like, oh yeah, like, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, just little little moments probably, you know, kind of thing that yeah. sort of, you know, do that. See my kids do well. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Undiscovered Worth, the podcast. If you enjoyed, be sure to rate, subscribe, and share with others. Also, be sure to follow Undiscovered Worth on Instagram and Facebook.